Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. Thank you all for coming to this podcast today. We're going to talk about a little different way of getting some help and support with grief. And when I saw this, I thought, what a cool idea. (laughs) I want to talk to the brilliant person that came up with this because, you know, as things goes on, I'm sure we've all noticed that it used to be that we could write a letter or make a phone call to, for anything. And we've got so many more options now. And I, I love how Emma Payne has, has uh, created this beautiful thing. So aloha, Emma. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about you and your inspiration for doing what you're doing? Sure. Yeah. So I had spent about 20 years building web and mobile applications uh, for things like um, crisis intervention, youth voter engagement. So I felt quite confident in the ability of mobile technology to help us with behavior change and community support. I started my first web company before Netscape existed, so I've been at it. That shows my age. Yeah. (laughs) I've been been at it a while. But in 2015, my friend died, and he had asked me to speak at his funeral, which I, of course, agreed to do. Uh, But it was a daunting proposition because he was the uh, best friend and also second cousin of my husband who had died a decade prior by suicide. Mm. So... Really what I had agreed to do was fly across the country and see hundreds of people, many of whom I had not heard from in a long time. I was very lucky when Barry, when my husband died, I did have people to support me, but there were a lot of people who I discovered at my friend's funeral um, just really didn't know what to say back then. You know, they felt they spent 10 years feeling badly because they didn't know what to say. I'm sorry, Emma, too much time had passed. I didn't know anyone who had died before. I was scared to say the wrong thing. And it was really astounding to me that I had spent 10 years not hearing from a lot of the people I would have liked to hear from. And because my husband died by suicide, I invented all kinds of reasons for that. (laughs) Came up with my own reasons why people might not be reaching out as you, as we do. But equally, a hundred people had spent that same decade feeling genuinely guilty, ashamed of themselves for not reaching out. And so what had been this opportunity for connection instead kept us apart. So on my plane ride home from my friend's funeral, I was like, this is goofy. It's just plain goofy that I spent 10 years not hearing from people and a hundred people spent 10 years feeling bad that they didn't know what to say and do. And I know that mobile technology and text messaging um, is a great way to do lots of other types of community um, building. So let's build that for grief, for grief support. And I used my plane ride home to map it out. And I assumed that once I landed back at SeaTac, I would get online and see that it existed already. And uh, but it didn't. <laughs> uh, so then I spent a couple of years while I still had my 
full-time job, basically taking part of my salary and building a text messaging platform that would text the griever, so expert grief support for the griever, but would also allow them to add in friends and family who want to help. And then we would also send texts to those friends and family who um, just need some tips and gentle coaching about how to help their grieving person. Um, so yeah, quit my job in February 2019. I've, I've been doing this full time ever since. And that was obviously pretty weird timing to start a grief support company. I, um, yeah, our second year in business was as COVID fell around our ears around the world. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been a ride for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's kind of amazing that there's there's a lot of us that didn't anticipate being in in this place because I don't think any of us really anticipated COVID. No. Uh, well, you know, people always talk about the possibility of a pandemic, but that sounded like a, a movie script to me. <laughs> I know, and it's it's nice that you had it already in place when when COVID started. Yeah, I mean, so a year after I quit my job, we had to pause everything to actually add a whole new cause of death to the system, mm. customize messages based on all kinds of things. So relationship, age, time since the death and so on, and also cause of death. So we actually had to add COVID to the system and worked with Virginia Mason, who was learning early on in 2020, the different things that people were experiencing if their loved one died of COVID, so not being able to be with them at the end and all those things. And I I really did have that feeling about being in a movie script. I just, <laughs> yeah. I just never imagined adding a cause of death to the system and trying to, there we were, um, a brand new tiny company, but with a year's experience under our belt delivering expert grief support via text message. So safely and from a distance became the words of the day in 2020. That it's just so amazing. And I, I love the flexibility you've got with what you do because so many times people will be searching for support in, in their grief and they find themselves in a, a group that's not their group. Like mm -hmm. if they had a, a child die and they end in a group of widows, Mm -hmm. Yes, everybody's suffering loss, but it's different. And, and each of the, the categories is is different. And it's really wonderful when you can talk to people who, who get you or, you know, hear from people who get you. And uh, I definitely resonate with that example. And it is part of what inspired me to create Grief Coach the way I did. I went to one support group. So I was very lucky to have a wonderful a therapist after Barry died, after my husband died. And about six months in, he suggested I do a weekend support group for people who are grieving a suicide death. But what was not factored in is that all the other people in the group were grieving their sons and brothers, and I was the spouse. Wow. And it was awful. I think of it still with just <laughs> so much like angst and pain because that was the first time that I realized that everybody everyone blames the wife even if wow. they're you know because you were living with him and you should have known or something and it was very very difficult to realize that in one way we had this terrible thing in common we'd all lost someone we loved to suicide but in another way 
I needed something different. And in fact, it was, um, in fact, it was very painful to to be part of that particular group. So yeah, I definitely wanted to find a way for people to get expert support as personalized as possible to their their loss. So we have service for widows and widowers, but it's different if you're widowed at 30 than if you're widowed at 80, for example. We have a teen series. We have some messages that are definitely suited for the early weeks and months and others that are good for five years on and 10 years on. So we're, we're personalized based on lots of things. You have pregnancy issues or stillborns, anything like yeah, that? We do have a series for stillbirths. Uh, we are working on one for pregnancy loss, which is a little bit trickier just in terms of how the dates and names work. So we're supporting people after stillbirths, not miscarriages yet. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> there are lots of new things coming. Also, pet loss and um, anticipatory grief. So support after a terminal diagnosis has been given. Things like oh, those are all of those are so good. I, I hear from people from all of those different categories, and it's just it's so important. Yeah, and I, I just think it's such a gift that you've got that you do tailor make what you do. Thank can you. can you give us a, an example of what a message would be that someone would get, or, or the process of starting this uh, for somebody to, if they wanted to sign up, what it yeah. would be like? Yeah, yeah, it's super easy to sign up. You go to grief.coach, you fill in a form, takes about five minutes. So you'll share as much as you're comfortable sharing. If you want to just let us know your name and the name of the person who's died, um, that's okay, and you'll still get two messages a week at least for a full year. If you choose to let us know that Ramadan is important to you and your wedding anniversary, if you've lost a partner, then you'll also get messages around those special dates. So yeah, it's very, very simple. It's not an app. There's nothing to download, nothing to install. So you fill a form in online and press submit and then your first text comes in right away and um, you get them automatically then for a full year. You can stop and start anytime you want by just texting back stop and start. So sometimes people decide that they're not gonna get messages while they're on holiday, for example. And the messages are, so we have over a hundred featured contributors who help us to write messages based on all kinds of things, based on their area of expertise. So um, people helping us with messages particular to suicide losses, people with expertise and the experience of grief for people of color and immigrant communities, people with, you know, grieving a COVID loss, uh, sibling loss, everything you might imagine. So all of those experts help us to craft the text messages themselves. And then the hard part is keeping them short. <laughs> our, our kind of voice that we try to really stick to is to be um, empathetic and normalizing, but also practical and actionable because it is text. We're trying to provide specific, clear tips and suggestions for what people can do um, in all kinds of different grief situations. So, you know, one that's really popular is when we reach out to supporters, the friends and family who want to help and remind them that it's great to use the name of the person who's died. So when you're talking to Susan, um, be sure to use Joshua's name and share a story about something that you remember from him, uh, things like that. So yeah, specific and actionable and um, of course empathetic as well to really try to 
be where people are along their journey? Yes. I, I keep uh, thinking of different questions to ask you about this because there, <laughs> there's so much involved here. Uh, how long is a, a text message? Did it take a few minutes to read or a moment to read? Or Oh, I mean, I think just a moment. They, we try to keep them around 300 characters. Um, so, I mean, longer than a usual text message, I suppose, mm -hmm. but still just something that you can read. We hear, like, we just had a gentleman about two weeks ago uh, reach out to our subscriber support team. So we have a subscriber support team who are themselves bereavement people, trained mental health um, people. And he reached out and he's like, oh, my goodness, I accidentally deleted all my messages. Can you send them to me? So we did. We sent him back all of his messages. We had a teenager who said she never deleted any of them and that she would wait until after third period. And that's when she would go into her room and read the text and think about her mom. And they were tips, suggestions. Sometimes we send a podcast, um, a one minute video about how to support someone after a stillbirth for a supporter who's doing that. So yeah, sometimes little clips, sometimes specific tips. We do follow um, proper dentology and bereavement protocols. So we use things like the dual process model to make sure that we're following best practices when it comes to the grief support we're delivering, but hopefully keeping it bite-sized and easy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, it is a lot. It's very simple for the user. I mean, you really, it takes five minutes to sign up and you start getting the text and we're, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of thought that goes into matching the messages with all the different situations. We support 54 different relationships Wow. In multiple different ways. So thing, everything from, you know, brother, sister, mom, dad, partner, um, but also colleague, manager, patient, uh, volunteer, you know, all the different ways that we might be related to people, stepmom, grandmother, and those relationships apply three different ways. So there's a relationship between the grieving person and the person who's died. There's the relationship between the grieving person and the supporter, the friends and family who are supporting them. And then also the relationship between those supporters and the person who's died. So yeah, yeah there's lots going on behind the scenes, but for the user, it's nice and simple. Sign up, get texts, that's it. <laughs> now, you, you were talking about supporters. So would this be something that somebody who's supporting someone who's grieving could sign up for and have it be relevant to them? Yes, absolutely. Originally, when I mapped it out, I actually thought that's what would mostly happen. So every every grief coach subscription, sorry, I thought I had already said this, but I haven't. Every grief coach subscription allows the griever to add in up to four people who want to help and might not be sure how. And this goes back to my experience, wow. at, my experience at the funeral. This is actually what I think is the most beautiful thing about grief coach and where the real magic happens. So the grieving person is getting expert support based on their loss, but those four friends and family are getting gentle coaching tips, reminders for how they can help. And that's really where some some beauty happens. <laughs> we, have yes. one, we have one subscriber who um, she shared on Instagram that, so her dad had died and she signed up for Grief Coach and she was getting texts herself and she was allowed to add in supporters all included with the price or so no extra price and she added in her husband and uh, they were young you know her husband didn't know anyone who died before he can see that his wife is devastated he doesn't know what to do and so Sarah the subscriber said I loved 
the messages you've been sending since my dad died, they're really helping me to understand my grief. But I really want to thank you for the ones you've been sending my husband. He's like, I don't know what you sent him. I never asked to look, but I know that he made a reservation at my dad's favorite restaurant on my dad's birthday. And right. And so (laughs) and it was so amazing because it's it's so small, actually. And so we asked if we could reach out to our husband and ask his experience. And of course, he's like, oh, thank you so much. I didn't even know that would have been her dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. He wants to help. He hates seeing his young wife so upset, but he doesn't know how because nobody nobody teaches us how. <laughs> so we try and do the yeah, expert support for the griever and that gentle tips, resources, suggestions, reminders about special dates to the supporters as well. Oh, that that's amazing. That's my favorite it, bit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's just so fabulous. And I really like that what you're doing is actionable because that, that's one thing people always ask me, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Either what can I do for my myself because I'm having a hard time dealing with this or yeah. what can I do for my friend? Yeah. And to have something actionable so they have something to do, they're thrilled when, yeah. when they can get that. So I can just see how this is really beautiful. Yeah. I think the actionable part, we spent a lot of time trying to think what our you know, voice would be because there's so, you know, there are lots of, and, and grief coach is a text, it's text messaging. So sometimes it's the only thing that people are receiving and it feels easy and sort of non-invasive and it's a way for them to to get resources on their own time. Uh, but sometimes it's an adjunct, you know, our hospices deliver it uh, to their hospice families, but they're also offering them therapy and other things. So it can be, the only thing that people are receiving, or it can be part of part of a greater um, range of support. But I do think it's like, I don't know, there's just something, it is interesting we're seeing, and we see all the replies and reactions that come back to see how people do just want those practical tips. It's, a, it's that feeling when when you're, when you know someone who's grieving that you just really don't know what to do. Yeah. And you feel as if you have to somehow make it better or cheer them up. But of course, that's not the way that grief works. And so then we coach the supporters that way and say, it's not your job to cheer Emily up. If she cries when you're with her, consider it a compliment. This is, you know, the the grief is an expression of the love that she felt for her dad. And thank you for being there to sit with her and listen. Wow. And they're so relieved. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) that's so beautiful. Can someone give this as a gift to someone who's grieving? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, we have gift subscriptions. So same thing. You can just go to grief.coach and click gift subscriptions. And it also works very, very simply. You just put the person's name and email address in there. We give you sort of suggested language, which they will then receive, just as you would imagine for another gift. So they'll get an email saying... Emily's purchased this gift for you. Um, no rush to get started. Wait until you're ready. Oh, wow. Thinking about you. We have sometimes people, supporters sign up and they don't add the griever at all. We had some uh, girlfriends where their friend's daughter died uh, by suicide and the mom was not even getting out of bed, but the girlfriends all signed up themselves so that they could get 
tips, suggestions specific to suicide, how to talk about it. So all year long, they were getting suggestions for how to help wow. a friend and they never even added her in. She didn't even know about it. Wow. Uh, which is actually really smart. Like, yes. Use of, it, use of it too. We, um, yeah. So it works either way. It's just, it's one of the most amazing things that I've heard of in all this work that I've been doing. I just think it's, it's fabulous. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm very, very proud of it. I have a wonderful team. We're a small, still a small team and working very, very hard to have um, beautiful texts sent at the right time and as thoughtful a way as we can. So, I know younger and younger people are getting phones, cell phones yeah. now. Do you do it for children who've lost someone? We start at 13. So 13. We, have, okay. we, will text, we will text people 13 and above. Um, we do have quite a lot of texts with suggestions for supporters who are supporting a grieving child. So the oh, grieving, that's child, grieving child might be younger, but we're only texting people 13 and above, whether they're the griever or the supporter. I, I love the idea of the, the supporter to a child mm -hmm. to be able to get the suggestions because they're just lost. For, for, for way too long, we've kind of kind of protected children from death and grief and then they really don't know what to do because they really don't understand what's going on yeah we have like one of our earliest clients was experience camps are you familiar mm. with them so they know they do camps for grieving children and it's fascinating really to think of because a camp is wonderful um, mm -hmm. for the small group of children who are in the right geography and it's but they're very expensive to deliver and it's for a small group and then at the end the child is driven back to the pickup yeah. area and they go back to their life and the person that's picking up is probably also grieving and really it's that grieving mom who's doing the pickup who also we want to support so that she can in turn support the child so i actually really like the way that grief coach works in this situation where it's a grieving child and the supporter. If it's a teenager, they can get texts for themselves, um, mm -hmm. but the people around them can be getting suggestions for how to help a child as well. My, my director of operations is from Hospice Bereavement and has 17 years experience working with um, children and teens. I think we're particularly, particularly good at this part. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. It, I just, uh, I admire what you're doing. It just is, is such, it's needed. It's really needed. And it's so relevant by doing, everybody's getting texts all the time. And to be able to get a text that's useful, you know, yeah. meaningful. That's what supportive. I thought on my, like on my plane ride home at the very beginning of, of this, that's what I thought. I'm like, this is, this is just an easy in way thing to do. Mm -hmm. because we use text for everything. Okay, you need to get your car tuned up or you got it, you know, we use it for everything. And I really was shocked to see that there wasn't anything like that for grief. At the time when I was coming back from that funeral, it was December 2015. There were not even grief apps. Now there are some, there's some new grief mm -hmm. apps that are coming on uh, to the market. But it was surprising, really, because I've really come to believe that bereavement care is health care. Mm -hmm. when, we're, when we're grieving, we're at risk for all kinds of things, anxiety and depression and substance use and sleeplessness and illness and 
suicidal ideation and all the things. So when someone is supported in their grief, we see a reduction in those outcomes, but yet it's just so overlooked. Yes. It's completely overlooked by the healthcare system as it is now. So we're working yeah. on that part too. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard all kinds of different stories that with people that go to their doctor in early grief and he goes, here's a prescription for antidepressants. And right. Am I depressed? You know, is that what's wrong? <laughs> that they, they don't no, know what to do. Yeah, there's a huge shortage of expert bereavement professionals. Most therapists don't have any experience in grief. Now the DSM, um, just this recent uh, update to the DSM a few months ago, um, has this prolonged grief disorder thing in which many, 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 many bereavement people um, disagree strongly with the idea that there could then be a grief pill like, or that it would be a diagnosis if somebody whose child was shot is, quote, still struggling a year after they died um, and that we should diagnose this is you know, certainly a very contentious issue. I remember it seems important to me to recognize that people advocating for that also are doing it because they care very much about the grief experience and we want it to be recognized. It would be nice if our insurance companies were actually going to cover grief support because they understood that this was going to help us have a healthy grieving experience and not struggle with with depression and anxiety and sleeplessness and things. So, two yeah, sides. I, yeah, I, I understand why why they wanted to do something and that's what they chose to do with the DSM mm -hmm. because of the, the whole insurance thing. If you don't have one of the, the appropriate diagnoses, then you can't get paid. And it, so it's yeah. all about money, which is oh, ridiculous. Well, <laughs> it's <is> ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting time in grief support right now. The CDC, just during the pandemic, started to measure bereavement. They never had before. They used to just count deaths. So um, they put out studies and data saying that on average, nine people were grieving each COVID death, for example. So now we have, at the policy level, an acknowledgement that a lot of people grieve, that when mm -hmm. we're grieving, we're at risk for lots of different things. And there are ways to to provide support. So yes. um, it is kind of an interesting time for our for our field of work, I think. Yeah. I, and this might already be covered in, in what you're already doing, but I was thinking about that. I've had people talk to me about how difficult it is to go back to work because their employers don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. I wondered if, if there would be anything tailored toward maybe the employers we do. Or, yeah. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, absolutely. We do. We have a program for employers. We have employers who have purchased packages of grief coach subscriptions for the employee that's returning to work or um, colleagues when an employee has died or a manager with suggestions for how wow. to support the employee that's returning back to work. And I think it's actually very effective because, again, we want to help. We just don't know how. And we have. We just just yesterday, I, we heard from a gentleman who had been fired. You know, four or five days. I can't remember if he said four or five days after a death was fired by email, 
because he'd missed more days of work. And so I've also been working quite a lot with um, an organization called Evermore in Washington, D.C. that's pushing for a lot of things like paid bereavement leave to be included with paid leave. It's unfortunate that we even would need policies like that. Yeah, <laughs> but we do. We really do. You would hope that employers would um, recognize this. But of course, it's the lower paid employees that are less likely to have PTO coverage and are more likely to lose their jobs in the aftermath of the death. So it makes me I'm just thrilled when employers and EAPs come to us and see that, wait, this is an incredibly cheap, easy way for the employee who's returning to work and their manager and their colleagues, right, to get specific, actionable suggestions all year long. Oh, yeah. That's great. It's an amazing (laughs) thing when employers are doing it uh, because we're, we're, yeah, we're very easy and affordable compared to a lot of other supports like therapy, for example. So I'm so happy to hear that you're doing that because I, I just, it breaks my heart when I hear stories. I had one person tell me that they had, there was a sudden death uh-huh. of, of uh, I think, think it was, I don't remember whether it was, a, I think it was a father, their father died, who they were very close to. And since it was a sudden death, they had to leave work the day it happened. And then they were off for two days and the funeral hadn't happened yet. So they really had to work hard to make an arrangement to get off for the funeral. Yeah, and then the next day they came back after the funeral and they were kind of solemn, a little bit teary. And the boss said, aren't you over that yet? Mm-hmm. That was the support they got at work. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had people leave jobs because they couldn't work in, in that situation, and it, it's so oh, sad. Absolutely, unfortunately, very common. Uh, yeah. Very, very common um, for people to have no bereavement leave, or maybe they get two days off right after the death, but the funeral is two days after that, and then they take their time off. And there's a massive amount of data about grief in the workplace, increased workplace accidents, right, productivity. Uh, it's, it's, it's in... Not only is it the right thing to do, but when mm-hmm. employer, when employers support their grieving employees, um, in fact, it's better all around for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's in their best interest to do that, That's for sure. Right. Yeah. You've been mentioning a year. So when you sign up for this, it lasts a year. Is that right? That's right. 12 months. Yeah. Is there something, is it renewable? Mm-hmm. To, yeah. So that you can continue to get support after that year? Yep. We have one person who's in their fourth year right now, which is amazing. Wow. Because that's actually even older than we are. Like she has been our frontline renewer. So the messages don't repeat if you continue on. Wow. If you continue to your second year, you will get messages about the second year and wow. like how to make meaning and, and being back at work and all those things. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, I am absolutely thrilled that you talked to us today because I can see how much good this is going to do. And and for our listeners, uh, we've got a special discount for you in the show notes so that when you sign up, you can get this discount. And I just think that's very generous and I'm very grateful for that. So um, all of all of Emma's information will be in the show notes, too. So be sure to look it up and sign up and get your discount and just 
take advantage of this wonderful opportunity that you have for support. Thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're you're more than welcome. <laughs> and I'll see my podcast followers again next week. Thanks for coming. Bye. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.